and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! It's time, it's time! Wait, wait, wait. wait. No. What? Scotty, stop. Wait. We gotta stop right here. We can't do the regular intro. We can't do the regular show. Look, we've got to get these ratings up. Okay. After what happened last time... Look, I've got an idea. So, what better and richer vein is there in podcast land than watching bad movies. Okay, okay. So you're saying to appease the podcasting Illuminati. I mean, we've got history with it. We have the BS Buckwild movie tournament. Exactly. We're not even appeasing them. We are taking their asses, bending them over a Charlie horse, and slapping them red. Okay. I'm showing up these podcast Illuminati elitist bastards, and we're going to watch a horrible, terrible, terrible, bad, 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 bad movie. Okay. Then and I then can... we're going to recap it and talk about it. Then I guess here's our bad movie podcast. Hey everybody and welcome to A Load of BS. I'm Scotty Moore. I'm Blake Tanner. And, and Blake, what's this, what's this podcast about? Well Scotty, tonight on this podcast we watched a bad movie... And now we're going to talk about it. Okay, so that's our... Th- we used to be the greatest podcast of all time, and now we've relegated ourselves to this. To ripping off other better podcasts. <laughs> um, this is our... This is what we do now. Tonight, we watched Super Babies, Baby wow. Geniuses 2. Okay, let's pull back the curtain a little bit. We knew... We knew we wanted to do this, and so after yeah. last week's episode, after the vicious attack from the podcast Illuminati, we were like, what bad movie should we watch? And we just googled, like, top 100 bad mo- and we had some contenders in there, like Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. I don't remember that one, but yep. And we just kept cutting down, cutting down until finally, like a diamond in the rough, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2 appeared upon to us. Now, I think, yes, Super Babies, it is number two on the IMDb's lowest rated movies. Yeah, and there's there's a reason for that. Yep, it, right next to Manos, The Hands of Fate, which is only there because of Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't have gotten enough low ratings if that hadn't happened. Um, so this is a movie... <laughs> Starting out on a good, good, good clip here. This is a film starring John Voight <laughs> in a fan fucking tastic role. By the way, like this movie, we're gonna talk about this movie and what it did to me emotionally. But John Voight was wonderful. John Voight, uh, sh- in a film where everybody else had out their Samsungs and were phoning it in, John Voight went insane for the sake of us. Like Heath Ledger locking himself in an apartment for 30 days in a row, John Voight committed. And thank God for that, because everything else is terrible and babies. <clears throat> Just to show how bad this it is and what it did to Blake Tanner, I started this Skype, or Blake started this Skype video call, and within five seconds, 
he was in this horrid mixture of hysterical laughter and crying. He was gone. I had an experience sitting down to watch this. Cause I, okay, we're going to pull back the curtain. Cause Again, because this is knows all we do on this podcast. Yeah, Blake knows about this, and I guess we can now publicly say, I'm having a baby. There's a child coming into the world from my loins, and I don't Yay. know if you know about that, but it causes some anxiety, Blake Tanner. Uh-huh. So Friday, I was having like a mini-anxiety episode. In the middle of it, I was like, okay, okay, wait, I know I have to be be somewhere at like 5, it's 3 o'clock now, I have to watch Super Babies, so I'm like in the middle of an anxiety attack, and the beginning of this movie happens, and it was just like a salve on the wounds of life, curing me of what ailed me. So, I just want to, st- I want to ask, I've never seen the first Super, the Baby Genius movie, I've never seen the first one. Is there anything in this movie that ties into the first one? Well, I believe the character known as Kahuna, (laughs) which, by the way, I think I mathematically timed it out in 75% of the dialogue in this film, is just, Kahuna! I wouldn't be fucking surprised. It's Kahuna! Apparently the kid who played him was in the original Super, or the original Baby Geniuses as some other kid, so they just didn't care. Um, okay. Okay, so the film starts out, and you hear the sounds of, I guess, what they want Baby Talk to sound like. It sounds like, have you ever seen a video uh, that's uh, titled, What Non-English Speakers Hear When People Are yeah. Speaking English? That's kind of what it is. It's like, I kind of recognize these words. But they're right. not really words at all. It's just heresy himself, or Babadook. <laughs> and then the children summon the Babadook in the opening of the film, <laughs> and he is portrayed by John Voight, and he's just like, hey kids, I'm gonna kill your babysitter. Babad- uh, John Voight with his wonderful German accent. Oh man, okay, so they're talking, What's we- what was weird to me is A, the baby talk did not sound like baby talk, and B, they had babies! Just let the babies baby talk, but they didn't, they had to do their creepy lip sync thing that all the babies oh, do. don't, it's some of the worst, like, the actual effects, the CGI effects that they did in this movie are pretty bad. Yeah. But the mouths moving, I actually wrote it down. There was one mi- moment where the girl baby, she said something and her mouth opened unnaturally wide. And it was <laughs> terrifying because it was a creature that I thought was a human, but was really an elder being from another <laughs> realm. It was an eldritch being. Okay, so the babies are baby talking. Cut to... One of the baby's mom and dad who run this nursery, and they're trying to get no. their nursery franchise. That's Archie, the uh, the main baby, basically. Okay, main baby, Archie. Um, his parents are trying to, like, franchise the thing, and his dad, played by the wonderful Scott Bayo, is playing the the role of the inept dad to a T. Yep. He, Scott Bayo doesn't get a lot of screen time in this movie, but when he does, he is that character. Yeah, but, and then the mom is just like, in what is the, probably the weirdest line in the film, and we're literally like two minutes in at this point, she's like, 
I think the babies are talking to one another. I know I can't understand them, but I think they're communicating. At which point, Scott Bayo, like any dad, is just like, Honey, where's my jacket? I don't care. I gotta answer this phone call from John Voigt, the Nazi. <laughs> he's really, he's just talking on his phone. He could not care less about what his wife is saying to him. Yeah, That's a great marriage right there, y'all. Um, so, then cut back to Archie and the gang. And their baby talk slowly turns into English. Here's your problem. It was whoever the voice actors were phoned it in so hard that for a few minutes I thought they were still baby talking while throwing in lines like, yeah, and then the World War II espionage thing happened. And then like, wait, what the fuck? Also, this is the first thing these babies are talking about is fucking World War II and shit. The babies are talking about World War II espionage. Like, major shit the whole time. I'm curious, though, like, what happens when you become able to talk to adults as a baby? Do you no longer, like, is it like this horrifying scene where all your baby friends suddenly become unintelligible to you? (laughs) Okay, so I read up a little on the first Baby Geniuses because I didn't see it. Um, Featuring Kathleen Turner and Christopher Lloyd. Uh, Okay. And the main scientist, played by Christopher Lloyd, he posits that babies are geniuses, but they can only communicate in baby talk up until a point, and then they forget everything about being a baby genius. That's dark as fuck, dude. Yeah. Now, to be fair, though, I feel like there's a little bit of a discrepancy between that and this film, because if these babies are geniuses... No, they just aren't. Like, the fucking, uh, I believe it takes, like, two minutes into them talking before one of them makes a, um, shit joke. Okay, so this is what happens. Archie starts trying to tell his story. He gets interrupted by one of the other babies, who says, Archie, you're full of... Then another baby makes a fart. Makes a fart. And then they're just like, what kind of milk are you drinking? (laughs) Fucking A. So, in the story, Archie is trying his best to... Also, they did pull a thing that happens in every bad movie of all time, which is when the nerdy, intelligent kid goes off and starts speaking, like, saying normal things. The leader of the group has to be like, Yo, in English, Finkelman. <laughs> Fucking Finkelman. His name is Finkelman. The nerd baby is Finkleton. Finkleton, I'm sorry. In English, Finkleton. And the story he tells... It's Finkelman, sorry. Is it Finkelman? Okay, of a majestic baby in the past known as, as I'm sure you've all guessed at home by now, Kahuna. (laughs) And Kahuna's special ability... His special gift is the fact that he is able to talk to both human and, or, I'm sorry, human and baby. Human as we know, they're two separate yep. races. He, he's got some other special gifts, too, but we'll get into those. And that's when it cuts to one of, uh, one of Kahuna's first mi- missions, which is in Russia in, like, 1955. Hold up. 
All right, if we're going to get into these bad historical discrepancies, give me these reins. <laughs> okay. He is in East Berlin, East Germany. Oh, that's right, because it's yep. the Berlin Wall. It is the 60s. Because and the, ex- the exact quote from one of the babies was, yeah, the Berlin Wall and all that stuff. Yep. Um, and Kahuna is coming after this very obvious Nazi named Kane. Played by John Voight. The Very, this is the like the sixties when this is happening. The Nazis have been over for a couple decades, y'all. This guy, he is a Nazi to a T. He is wearing a Nazi military uniform. He is doing the only thing is that he doesn't have like Nazi regalia on because I guess they didn't want to put a swastika in a baby movie. <laughs> yeah, um, and of course his name is Kane. You know, remembering a very uh, ominous Bible story of a scorned yeah. brother. Kane, I wonder as in that... citizen. As in citizen. Stop. Don't, don't, don't get it yet. I wonder if that plays into the plot at any point, Blake. Oh, uh, um, so anyway. So they're at the Ber- Berlin Wall, and he's saving a bunch of babies from Kane's orphanage. Because I like to think Kane was a Nazi scientist, and he's still try. he's like trying to... He's trying to recreate Ghostbusters 2, except trying to bring back Vigo. He's trying to bring back Hitler in a baby body. Yeah, and except so- he's actually trying to perfect a way to mind control babies so they can do what he wants. Yeah, exactly. Which is the most useless it's, army of all like, time. Yo, um, what, what's going on here? These babies can't do shit. Now, I will say, you know when people are just like, in this Charlie Chaplin movie, that lady's clearly using a cell phone. Or, this movie predicted 9-11 before it happened. This film predicted Healy's, like, seven years before Healy's came out. Because he comes out, the Kahuna comes out, and it's just like, boop! And then he, like, roller skates come out of his shoes. Oh, that was a good... That was a good moment. So, when did Healy's actually get released? It had to have been after this film, because I still maintain that this movie predicted the future. Uh, Healy's were patented in 1999. Damn this movie it. came out in 2004. Where it was treated as futuristic technology <laughs> that already exists. Yep. Well, it was in the 60s when this happened, so yeah, basically. Yeah, so um, he saves all the babies from the orphanage, and you'd think this would where be where Kane would just be like Kahuna, and then Kahuna gets away. No, Kahuna, who by the way has a tricycle that is controlled by a rattle, a big like, rattle, like fucking Batman. He's just like, uh, wait, can I have some last words? At which point, John also, Voight- John Voight is very, very obviously like, I'm about to fucking kill you, you tiny, tiny person. Which, by the way, Kahuna's not a baby, right? They never treated him like he's supposed to be a baby. Because if he's a baby, he's a four-fucking-foot-tall baby. No, they call him a baby, like, but in the same way that it's like, yo, he's he's obviously, like, a toddler. Like, he's six or seven, right? Right. So, well, John he Voight... Looks. Well, we'll get into how old he actually is later. So, John Voight, the evil baby-kidnapping Nazi, is like... Ah, fine, I'll give you a last word. And then, and what is the least logical thing of all time? Kahuna goes, duck. 
at which point you think something's gonna fly through the air. No, instead his tricycle comes from underneath. You don't duck a tricycle, you jump it. Kahuna is... 90% of his lines are one-liners. And not good ones, They're not dude. good. They're very bad. They're very obvious and contrived one-liners. This scene, also, is the one that cemented... Is Kahuna just Captain America? Yeah! <laughs> he is! Because I'm pretty sure he's Captain America. Okay, so... <laughs> And also, John Voight, young John Voight, in that movie, he looks very much like a certain orange president. Fucking copy! (laughs) I swear to God! Uh, About five notes down, I just have written, he does look like Donald Trump. Uh, yep, mine was, the Nazi is Donald Trump. He's totally gonna kill that baby. (laughs) The Nazi's gonna kill that baby. (sighs) At, At which point, cut to... Him revealing his special, his Michael's secret stuff, also known as fucking Mountain Dew, because he pulls out a bottle filled with, like, it's literally Mountain Dew. He chugs it and then just gets jacked as shit. He goes full Popeye the Sailor. Like... I was half expecting then electricity started shooting out of his hands and he became a super saiyan. Yeah. And he leaps towards Kane and does the Liu Kang kicking him in the face over and over again. It's some of the most fantastic like practical fight effects. Oh, yeah. That are just so bad as he takes out Kane's bodyguards. His superpower is invisible wires. Because this dude is, like, running on walls like Spider-Man. Which, by the way, that's not the only Spider-Man thing this fucking kid does later in the film. Holy shit, He likes dude. to reference Spider-Man. Yeah. he. There are at least three references to Spider-Man, and all of them are different. Mm-hmm. Like... Okay, so he defeats Kane, and then one of the babies is like, wait a minute. Also, he jumps into a car and jumps over the Berlin Wall. That's how this story ends. <laughs> That's right! That's right! <laughs> he jumps into this red convertible, and then it, like, freeze frames. It turns it into a shitty painting, and you hear Archie narrating over it, and he's like, then he jumped over the Berlin Wall, guys. <laughs> I forgot about this. Um, okay, now cut to the other babies just being like, everything about this story is incorrect. You're full of shit, Archie. Archie, you're full of... You're full of... What kind of milk you drinking? Jesus Christ. (laughs) We're five minutes into the movie. It's easily... Yeah, we're five minutes into this garbage Into this hour and a half long movie. And then, um... Then... Fuck, what happens? Is the next thing the story time, or is the next thing where it reveals that the company that they're working... Okay. Okay, go on. Sorry. It's, um, smash cut back to Scott Baio and, um, his wife. I don't remember her name. Um, but they're talking about, so, honey, are you really gonna franchise our daycare? I mean, it's gonna be like McDonald's. We're gonna have a McDaycare? No, I believe the exact term was McBabies that she used. Oh, uh, 
Yes, um, that's when I said that the uh, the girl baby had a horrible demon face because of that <laughs> mouth movement is unnatural. Um, Which, by the way, this movie does, at least in the beginning, do a very good, like job of female representation because the the female baby she's just a sassy girl like she's like the tough one of the group which only gets ruined by an event later in the film yes and also her name is rosita yeah um which i also thought was weird it's like hmm gonna give the baby that's very sassy the latina name yeah there we go. Anyway, um, they start to have story time with their uh, with a baby with their babysitter Kylie. Yeah, uh, coming play- coming from out of nowhere, Kylie is. She does come out of nowhere. At this point, I still knew nothing about the first Baby Geniuses movie, and I was like, they introduced her in the first one, right? Because this. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> They introduced all of these characters had something to do with it, right? Because this is way too much to just be dropped into. I was thinking, say, like, when you study screenwriting and stuff, they're like, your first act, you need to just be introducing your characters. That way everyone's familiar with them. This movie's just like, y'all know Finkleton, it's fine! Fink, the Fink is here! And once again, has nothing to do with the first Baby Geniuses movie. Yeah! Um, but yeah, she comes out, she does story time, and she starts reading some Cinderella shit. As we see in the background, a black van pull up in, as I've written down, the most cliche antagonist entrance I have ever seen in a movie ever, period, end of time. But, but, Blake, the, the villain is Kane. And who steps out of that isn't Kane, it's, it's a different man called Bill Biscayne. It's not, <laughs> it's no. not Kane at all. This is Which, also the moment that I realized that John Voight is just he he has not been given a script. He is just saying things. He really yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and this is, I know you thought young Bill Biscayne looked like Donald Trump. I think old really nails it down. Older, because he's got the nappy-ass hair, Mm -hmm. too. All he has to do is get um, (laughs) a a very blonde wig, just like the president. (laughs) Um, And then he comes out, and there's something with him and Scott Baio. Like, he's coming out. He's apparently some big TV magnet. He has his own television station that he caters to children with, with children's programming and... Which, by the way, a station that apparently only plays one show. It's creepy-ass frogman dances in front of children. That's the only thing that it's ever shown on that channel, is this creepy, almost, uh, what, what's his name? Michigan J. Frog. Yes, um, actually, later on, uh, Biscayne has a wonderful line about him. He's talking about the frog, and he says that, he's a frog, but he looks like a zucchini. It is irritating. And that's the level of script writing you can expect from Super Babies, Baby Geniuses, too. <sighs> Once again, which is none, because John Voight has made up all of these lines. Right, and so, um, uh, Archie and the crew go over to the window to watch the meeting. Then Archie looks down and he notices something. The shittiest fuck, it's like a gonk droid with 
leaves on it. <laughs> Gomp droid with leaves. Just pimps out into the open, and then you'd expect from a robot a real smooth up, upward and lowering of this camera he's using to film. No, it looks like a fucking squirrel has a stick, and he's just waving this camera around. And that's when Archie's like, wow, I wonder who's looking looking at this. Um, and then cut to, oh no, story time's over. They go back. Um, one of the babies, I think it also, might be. Also, this was a, this was a total like fucking, I thought that the, he, that this robot was going to be the robot from Short Circuit. Cause that's what he <laughs> looked like. Oh, you're right. Uh, Finkleton talks a lot about the babysitter and how much he wants to fuck that woman. Which is real weird to hear a baby talk about how much wants to fuck a girl. Um, I, I wrote in my notes, someone's in love. Uh-oh. And also, there is this horrible, contrived, I'm glad that it lasts two seconds, a uh, moment between the babysitter and some random jock. Mm-hmm. And so, now they decide they need to figure out what's going on. They need to learn what's going behind the scenes with Bill Biscayne. Yep. And- also, this is the second time where he says the line, um, well, what is it? Uh... I have a spot for the laughter of babies. Yep, just once again, bad. And then yep. they're like, how are we going to learn about Bill Biscayne? At which point, my favorite line of the film, have no fear, Finky's here, as Finkleton goes into their clubhouse. It's not, and he goes into Archie's dad's office. Yeah, they. then he's like, I know the wonders of the internet. They go in, and in what is probably my favorite scene in the film, they look up Bill Biscayne and immediately get a pop-up ad of Bill Biscayne with devil horns. It's like, who made this website? Can we talk about this computer for a second? He goes on to MSN to yes. search for this. And the first thing that pops up is, MSN Kids, the kid search engine on MSN. What? Yeah. Um, also, a little bit before, when Archie's getting ready to, like, uh, he makes this decision and he gets Fingleton to go in there, he says, I'm not a brain baby. I'm a baby of action. That make, That comes back later in the film. Yeah, but it's still a bad line. It's a horrible line, but it, it's important. Now, um... At that point, three of Biscayne's goons walk into the room. And Blake, have you ever watched Train Spotting? Yes. <laughs> because in a reenactment from a scene from Train Spotting, the Kahuna crawls up the wall like a creepy ass monster. Mm hmm. Because he's like, now, these two uh, minions, as I call them, they're Biscayne's minions, who have. No knowledge of baby talk or anything. They're just as surprised that babies can talk. They're just as surprised that Kahuna exists. Right. They see that Archie is in here. He gets caught. He doesn't run away like the rest of the babies. And they start interrogating the baby. (laughs) That's right. I forgot about that. They start, like, this baby has heard their evil plans. And they're like, baby, what have you heard? What? They're like, the baby could talk to him. And then finally one of them is logical and is like, the fuck is the baby gonna say? It's a baby. Yep. This is also the moment where I'm like, wait, this is Kahuna. He was a baby in the 60s, and he's really a baby. He's He is Captain America. He's still baby. He's still this baby. Is also, after he 
like, straight up destroys these three grown-ass adults. I did write down the line, Kahuna, OP as fuck, please nerf Blizzard. Because yep. uh, <laughs> he didn't even have his baby juice at that point. Yeah, he didn't. Um, and then, of course, we get another, uh, get another line reading of, It's the Kahuna! I knew it was you, Kahuna! And then, you'd think the bad guys would, like, get kicked out or something? No. No, they kind of just lazily walk out without even, like, urgently being (laughs) worried. This is one of my favorite bits of where Kahuna... He, I forget the line, but he's like, I'm going to flip you over now and flip you over and flip you back. And you can tell that they just reversed, like, this one um, move that they did with special effects over and over as he's flipping this bad guy like a fucking pancake. They did not want to waste money on this. Nope. Um, And then we cut to a guy we don't see ever again and haven't seen Just yet the once as i refer to as the i hate jocks dude because that's the only line that refers to him um the babysitter is asking trying to ask him to homecoming and she's pulling the like well i wanted to ask you this and he's like well you know i i really i've been hoping you would ask me would you do my math homework wow god you need to have a C average to be on the football team. And then uh, pan down to her, and she has, like, two tickets to, to homecoming. homecoming. Right? You thought that was weird, too, right? You don't yes. have tickets to homecoming, right? I just bought my ticket. I went to StubHub, and I scored these two sick tickets to homecoming. It's not even for their high school. It's for some other high school. And she's like, mm-hmm. well, it was a real deal on StubHub. I got it for us. Also, uh, really quickly have a scene where um, Rosita, the girl baby, says the line, I don't have aggression issues, to which uh, fucking, what's it, Finkleton responds, all right, Mike Tyson, don't bite my ear off. Right. There are so many references in this film to shit that, like, who is it for? There's a Three Stooges reference. Who is the... that for? <laughs> yeah, there's a Three Stooges reference. Later they make a Casablanca reference. Like, there's nothing in this film for children. Oh, uh, now... so the shitty high school subplot dies as soon as it is born. Thank yes. God. And then cut to, she goes to, um, I don't even know why she does it. She just goes to the dad and is like, hey, I'm going to take the babies mm-hmm. out of the nursery and take them to, like, the, the library. museum or something. And I'm sitting here like, what kind of fucking Mickey Mouse operation is this where you can just be like, hey, I'm going to steal four babies for a few. Is that cool? And it's those four specific babies, too. Like, this is a daycare full of children. Why are you taking those four babies? Well, that's the baby click. They're the most popular babies in the entire school. It's the Soch babies, you know? <laughs> those are the Soch babies. <laughs> oh, this... Not a lot happens except for the uh, the babysitter, Kylie. She bumps into one of the bad guys. Hold who... on. No, no, not bumps. With, like, the force of an atomic fucking bomb going off, she makes contact. Boom! Everything goes off. And then a CD that, that they need very much. So it's actually a copy of Bye Bye Bye. And just that's John Voight's favorite song. And he's like, I want my in sync back. That is my in sync, and 
this CD, which is very important to the the entire plans of every bad guy, because in 2004, CDs were expensive, yo. They weren't, but apparently in this movie they were. Because <laughs> well, you couldn't that, make a fucking copy of your mind control disc. I don't even know, like... What the fuck? It never says what it's for. Because I don't even think he gets the disc back in the end. Yes, he does. Um, We'll get to that because he gets the disc back and he uses it. It's apparently got the programming to make mind control happen, which is 12 parts buck wild, 10 parts magic, and zero parts real. On one of those fucking, like, Betamax discs. Yeah. This this CD, it couldn't have held over, like, 60 megabytes of data or something. How does that have a program that can mind control every person that watches these television shows in the world? Look, man, it's pow- It's powerful. <laughs> It's powerful. It cu- it's like that old fucking CD commercial from the era, the cassette commercial where it's the dude sitting in the chair and then it was blowing his hair back, except instead in this one, it just starts blowing his hair back and then he stands up and, like, votes for Donald Trump. Oh, uh, so, uh, let's see. How much optical disk storage does... About 650 megabytes, maybe? That sounds about right. Well, I mean, they just did very good with their storage on this thing, man. And here, here is the biggest flaw of this film. This is also where I wrote the bad guys are just the worst. Yeah, no, well, hold on. Here's why the bad guys are the worst. Because here's the logical thing. One of the bad guys finds her and is like, Excuse me, I believe one of my CDs has fell in one of your bags. Could I get it back, perhaps? It's very important. It has uh, everybody wants you on it. I love that song. Instead... They send, like, seven black vans with cronies in them, all chasing Mm -hmm. down this woman. Mm Mm-hmm. As she is pushing this four-baby stroller, by the way. Which looks like a little taxi cab, and that was adorable. And these bad guys, they just start chasing her in this black van. She... At first, she's like, okay, I'll let them go past. I'll move over to the side of the road. They're being nice. They keep following her. She just starts running. Yeah. Which is a fair point. Like, I would do the same if an unmarked black van was following me and the four children that I had. So, then they end up... They literally go through every cliche backdrop for a chase scene. They go through, like, a forest. They go through, like, a backlot at Warner Brothers Studios. (laughs) Until they end up in an old abandoned alley. And then, who else shows up to save them, Blake? Who could it be? Kahuna. Kahuna! Uh, this is where I wrote down, um, the, so Kahuna comes out and he beats up the bad guys, right? Let's just get through this, because the real- Was there anything good in it? Like- The best thing about this scene was the babysitter's reactions to Kahuna. Oh yeah, I wrote this down because I was like, it was weird when that baby was looking at the girl like he wanted to fuck the girl. It's even weirder when the girl's looking at Kahuna like, I'm gonna fuck that the, baby. Because she, she, well, it would always cut to her and she's like, whoa, what, whoa, whoa, hit, smash cut, what, who, <laughs> he, who, 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 was also played by the guy from Police Academy too, so that explains, cut back, <laughs> That was a helicopter noise. Come back. That's a guitar. 
This is the only thing because Kahuna just rehashes all of his moves from the last one. He just he gets his shit in. <laughs> he hits the attitude adjustment. Five knuckle shuffle. Takes him out. Tombstone pile driver. Stone cold stunner. Rock bottom. People's elbow. Five knuckle shuffle. I would have shat myself if that baby hit a fucking people's elbow in the middle of that. I'd have been like, Blake, we can't do it, because this is supposed to be bad movies, and the greatest thing ever just happened. With the number of fucking pop culture references, in the early 2000s, a wrestling reference to The Rock or Stone Cold would not have been out of place here. Right. Um, and so... Um, and Kahuna, what I-, I also wrote this down. Kahuna's a real renaissance boy. Oh, yeah. Because, um... And he is nothing but one-liners. It it cuts to what might be the most negligent thing this woman does in this whole fucking film, which is, let the baby drive! Right? This is... She is just so on board with this from the moment that Kahuna pops up. He's like, let's get out of here, toots. Okay, because he may as well have just said that. He just been like, all right, sugar tits, you're riding shotgun. Kahuna, what's wrong with you? What the fuck, Kahuna? I know it's 2004, but come on. And she goes along with it to the point where she is entrusting these four babies herself to the toddler that she just met that beat up a bunch of people, drank some green stuff, and is now driving. (laughs) Yeah. This is one of the many times that I wrote down in my notes, what? 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 To quote uh, one of the people we're stealing an episode idea from, Elliot of the Flophouse, this movie's what to scene ratio is off the charts. There are so many of those um, moments. Which, this is page one of four of my notes. <laughs> which, by the way, if you people at home are wondering how a baby reaches the paddles, Oh, his fucking little Heelys <laughs> have specialized panels that shoot down like stilts, and he's able to push them with that. And then they return to his base. At this point, I wrote down that this movie is like Kingsman for fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yep! Oh, and, God. And they I go, wish he was Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, and they go into Kahuna's lair... And the lighting makes it... No, first they cut back to uh, Kane's lair for just a second. Oh, that's right. This is right. where he says the line of, it is very irritating. And then there's like, boss, Kahuna's here. He stole the disc. And the uh, boss goes back, oh no, this is very horrible. I need some help. Do you need Do you need a soda, boss? Yes, I need the soda. Do you want diet or regular? Diet, regular, what is the difference? Which, but, yeah, this movie sometimes just is like, hey guys, pause the plot for a moment. We are gonna make some funny jokes. So you guys just rest, and then it's gonna happen. Also, this is the first time where, like, the Joker and Batman's rivalry is not as heated as Kahuna and Kane. Cause, like, Kane is like, Kahuna? Kahuna is back? Oh no, oh no. Like, I've never seen a villain look this so impotent and so afraid in the face of his opponent than Kane does in the face of Kahuna being back. Which I love so much. Um, so anyway, sorry, continue on, because this is where we get to Kahuna's base. And the lighting gives it almost like a Tim Burton's Charlie mm-hmm. and the Chocolate. Now hold on, okay. what is it located within? 
Oh, shit, I don't even know, dude. It is located in the Hollywood sign under the H. Wait, what? When was this addressed in the film? Okay, so they drive up to the Hollywood sign. They get there, and Kahuna, in one of the worst, like, transposition of one object onto another that I've seen since Quantum Leap... The van drives up, this horrible garage door opens up in the H in the Hollywood sign, and the van just kind of slides into it, because it doesn't look like the van is actually driving into it. Yeah. And this is how we get to Kahuna's base. And Kahuna's base, with the lighting looks like a Tim Burton, Charlie and the Chocolate-esque factory nightmare, but I (laughs) like to think with a few lighting changes, it could look like the home of some horrifying eldritch horror like (laughs) Cthulhu could rise from the center Mm. of this base. This is what I wrote down. What kind of Willy Wonka shit are we rolling on now? (laughs) In the Hollywood H, Boat's Playground, Kahuna is at least 60 years old. The holograms, what? So, he... Okay, I watched a movie last night because my friends forced me to watch a scary movie and I watched a film called Before I Wake. And it was all about a boy whose dreams were able to come to life. And that's kind of what Kahuna's base is like. Anything you can imagine will come to life. So there's like a fucking bear, there's a lion, and then my favorite moment in the whole film, an elephant. (laughs) I don't know if you noticed this. Because it's just cutting to the kids, and the kids are like, ooh, ah, and then the elephant happens, and it cuts to the babysitter, and the babysitter looks like she has a seizure, and she's like, oh, oh, This is one of her, like, fantastic, like, these reactions are so over-the-top and horrible, and I loved each and every one of them for the babysitter. It looked like the director said, hey, do an impression of an elephant. And she's like, that makes no fucking sense. And he's like, do it or you're not getting paid today. And she's like, "Uh, okay. Okay. (laughs) At this point, though, I can only imagine that her sanity has been brought to such a breaking point that everything, she has gone down the rabbit hole. She, babies are talking. uh, She's in this weird hologram place now. And I can only imagine the fragile state that her psyche is in. So I would probably have done the same. Now, (laughs) at this point, I had to go to the bathroom and I paused the movie. And I had a horrifying realization when I got back and hovered over the uh, time bar and Mm -hmm. saw there was an hour left in this fucking film. We are only 30 minutes into this (laughs) 90-minute movie. But I will say... Most of the good stuff happens in the first 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. Because in the first 45 minutes, I'm like, how did this get bad movie? Yep. Oh. Because we're about to get to the point in the movie that I labeled as Exposition Everest. Exposition Everest. Exposition Everest. Yes. We went up in Everest in that little train that's not controlled by anybody, apparently, um, if you've ever ridden Expedition Everest, and we just go up and up, and there's no Yeti. There's just holograms. It's a hologram of uh, a boy named Zack, because 
for some reason. Yep. Now, this whole thing is like, he pops up as a hologram. He's a bartender or whatever. He's like, can I get you a soda or whatever? She's like, no, get away from me. Because she's strangely hostile to everyone now. And then she punches him in the chest and is like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, I can take it. So this baby has an Alfred. And it's an 18-year-old Russian boy named Zach who has a perfectly American accent. Mm-hmm. That he rescued from an orphanage because he couldn't find his mother. Right. Which makes sense. Oh, no, no, no. His mom is dead. That's what he says. My mom died. No, I think he said his dad died. Okay, well, what the fuck ever. I thought his mom was dead, which led to a reveal later being... Really fucked up. No, he said that his dad died, but Kahuna tried to find his mom, and but he could never find her. Okay. Um. And then uh, he does some exposition. He tells them that. Uh, now hold on. First we do the um. First we do the Baby Avengers. <laughs> That's right, because of course this movie isn't Super Baby. This is Super Baby. Mm-hmm. There are multiple. And so they go into the hyperbaric time chamber. chamber. And it's this little thing surrounded by columns. And it, this British uh, royal guard pops out. And he's like, hello, hello. You want to see what all your imaginations are? Just step right in. Press my button. Hey, how you doing? Press that button there. Press my button, please. I'll show you what's in your deepest imagination land. Expose what's really inside your heart. How about that, eh? Show you what you're really thinking, what your heart's really made of. Expose all your deepest, darkest desires. How about that now? Hello, hello. (laughs) Then it goes to Masturbator Boy. Um, But, no, this is where the film got full bullshit for me. Because he's like... We're going to show you what you truly are. And Rosita, the fiery young Latina girl who's all about fighting, she becomes Cupid Girl. Because why the fuck not, I guess? Now, it does... The rest of them all have these realizations. Finkel... Finkerton, Finkelman, Finkelboy, he's always the brainy baby. The smart boy, but... The imagination station says, you have a secret power. You're very strong. You can have a mullet. It makes no sense. It's like, hold on, because, um, what's Archie? Archie becomes Brain Boy. Yeah, Archie, who, the line earlier, he's like, I'm not a brain baby. I'm a baby of action. It's like, no, you're a real brain boy. It's like, no, what the fuck? And then finally... I like to think that they were like, okay, the girl, she's got to be Cupid girl, so it's cute for the kids. Why don't we have the non-brainy one be brain boy so he learns he's smart? Okay, what about the other baby, the nerdy one? Oh, he can be baby courageous, so he learns he has courage. What about the black baby? He is a bouncing ball. This... He is a bouncing ball. That's yep. it. He is the... a bouncing ball. Now, in this scene... It dredged up the only memory I have had of this movie beforehand, and that was as soon as all the babies see their inner selves, and they're like, this is bullshit, y'all. Like, I'm not smart. I'm not uh, a beat-up baby. I am not Cupid. Hey, y'all, I like bouncing. Hey, y'all, I I remember that one single line. No, I like bouncing. I'm fine. Yeah. And it was buried so deep in my subconscious that bringing he, it out had uh, gave me an attack. He was literally in the Pixar ball from the Pixar movies. That's he was. what he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I like and, bouncing. And so they become superheroes, and now they're no longer superheroes. That's it. Yeah, I wrote down, oh, it, it only took Kahuna 30 minutes to assemble the Avengers. What are you doing, Marvel? Wait, what? Yeah. Then uh, they weren't super babies anymore, and they weren't until the last 15 minutes of the fucking it, movie. It reminded me of the Power Rangers movie, how the whole time they're just teasing you with Power Rangers. Oh, and then yeah. at the end they file. But the thing is, there's not super babies lore that you can get some people like, yeah, they did it! They're finally super babies! Nope. Um... Now we hit the real ex- exposition at first. Yes, this is where Zach explains that um, the father of Kahuna, whose name is never actually... I think it might be given, but I don't know. Kahuna's dad was working on a serum to cure, like, wounds or something. Yeah, he wanted to help soldiers. He wanted to make, like, super vitamins. I think that's what they said. He was trying to make a, a super serum for soldiers. Perhaps a super soldier serum, you could say. And then yeah. one day... Uh, and that's the third Captain America reference that I wrote down. Yeah. And so then one day... I, it doesn't his brother, who we don't know the name of his brother. Yeah, well, it originally it is revealed later to be his brother, but you just see a shadowy figure trying to drink the serum. Right. But then, his enemies throw a bomb in the window or something, and, and it drops, and, then, and it shatters. And then it spills, and then a bit of it drips into the baby's mouth. Just the- a tiny bit. Which makes me think, what would have happened if that kid, who we don't know who he is at all or who he grows up to be, what if he had drank that whole thing? God, you can only imagine. He would have become some sort of super shredder. And this is the third time that I wrote down, Kahuna is over 70 years old. What the shits is he doing in this Willy Wonka play place? He's, he, he is a vampire. Yep. And then finally they decide, they, they're like, they go to Kahuna's... Um, I guess his special wall of TVs where he communicates with all of his agents. And, uh, oh, hi, Whoopi Goldberg in my favorite movie of all time now. Whoopi fucking Goldberg is like, hey, Kahuna, I got those kids into homes. Just letting you know. Peace. Me, Whoopi Goldberg. Then cut to the next one where I'm sure in the 2000s having O-Town in your film was a good get. But it took me Googling what the fuck is the band in Super Babies. Super Babies. Right? I had no idea who those guys were. That's O-Town. Yeah. (laughs) That's a name I haven't heard in. And then finally, the third name he gets. And I know they probably use stock footage, but I love to think that he filmed a whole scene and it got cut out. Uh, President George W. Bush. (laughs) How you doing, Kahuna? I'm so ready for this baby scene. George, wanted... George Katrina is a, Katrina is ravaging the land. I don't give a damn. I'm here talking to my good buddy Kahuna. <laughs> I wanted to do the Kahuna bit. Uh, so this is also the point where I wrote down, this is 2004. You don't get video conferencing that good in 2004. You don't get it this good in 2018. Yeah, I wrote down, was FaceTime a thing in 2004? And so now they're trying to figure out how to keep the babies, I guess, away from their parents. Like, there's some reason the babies can't go back to their home. Right. They're, like, spending the night in the Hollywood sign. And so they literally... Kahuna poses as a police officer because he can do that, I guess. 
Yep, he makes a hologram, and the hologram, it's obviously a hologram from our ends, but the parents, they see a real police captain and who's telling them, we got your babies, don't worry, they're safe. Yeah, I mean, the scene breaks down to, I'm the police chief, and I am going to steal your baby for the night. That cool? And it does not take much convincing. Should we do it? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll you take the fucking baby, I guess. Like... What kind of cock as a soon-to-be parent? What the fuck? I don't care what you're the police of. You're not stealing my baby for the yep. night. Um. Then after this, we have another quick cutaway to John Voight. And this is when I wrote down, he is a treasure in this movie. I wish he wasn't as problematic as he was today. He is like Ahab on a quest that will ultimately destroy himself. Yeah. To beat the white whale known as Kahuna. I think this is also the bit where it's like, okay, now we are in our, we are in the, the top of my super secret uh, skyscraper that is all mine. Now we get into the tubes that go down to the real su- super villain hideout. The oh, I hate this part. The super super villain. Because they get in these tubes and he's talking with his horribly incompetent, um, what's his name, like. Minion, and they get in, and it's like, oh, I always hate this. Then why don't you build an actual fucking elevator down to your secret base? You are a gazillionaire, apparently. Alright, let's, uh, we need to probably start going faster on this, but I will say, next scene, this motherfucker levitates for a few. He's a love guru. (laughs) Kahuna levitates, and then, uh, Zach asks the babysitter to go on a date, and... She's just like, oh, no, I have nothing to wear. And then the babies walk up and are like, don't worry, we'll take care of you. And you expect like this. Well, no, you expect like this pretty woman-esque montage of her like going in, changing clothes, coming out, and the babies giving thumbs up and thumbs down. But no, we'll take care of you. And now they're on the date two minutes in and they're making out they kiss literally two seconds into this this is after zach does all his exposition in what i call the story of the baby and the super mountain dew um they go on a date he kisses they have already found the cd at this point and they find out oh this is why they were chasing you what's on this cd i wonder coon is analyzing it and like i found out what it is it's mind control shit dog the, that's it. And so then, I can't remember, For so, somehow either he gets the CD back or he just goes through with the plan anyways. Somehow, and, uh, Voight, yeah, he's like gonna be like, well, we'll just start going through with the plan, we'll release, because he wants to just release his television network right. to the masses. He's not gonna stop that. They go back to the daycare, because apparently the daycare is integral to this um john voight is counting down until the release of it and he is dancing like a madman (laughs) not only counting down when we say counting down we do not mean like 10 9 no no, it's 60 59 58 they count through 60 whole fucking numbers Mm -hmm. in this scene as kahuna attempts to basically be like try to interfere and stop it from happening even though he has the mind control disc so this just means that this shitty frog station's gonna be on the air that's it yeah like at this point i don't know why he's doing it other than like you know if we just stop kane now it's fine right right no it's not it's a trap it's a fucking trap so um after this he gives uh archie his rattle and it's like 
take this. You'll know when to use it. And I'm like, oh, Archie is going to be able to use it to summon the tricycle to take out Kane later. Nope. That doesn't happen at all. Yeah, uh, so uh, Kahuna gets captured. The no. Nazi symbolism is very ripe. That motherfucker gets evaporated. <laughs> he points something at him, and then he's just gone. Basically. And, yeah, no, no, there is a scene where John Voight asks for his jacket, and his hand goes straight out into a Nazi salute until somebody puts the jacket on it. Yeah, it is a si- it's, it's to the side, but it's like, okay, you could not be more obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This um, was also the part where uh, Kahuna's been captured, so you'd think... Well, it- first of all, you find out that Kahuna's been captured by the, from the babies. They find out, and this is when Archie states the line, Playtime is over. <laughs> so, uh, this is the point in the film where you'd think Kahuna's hubris would be like, Man, I really need help. I can't do this on my own. I'm just one kahuna. I need my team. No, he's still making jokes, and then he has a fucking another gonk droid that helps him escape. He has this one line. He's captured. He has a little back and forth with John Voight. Um, they put him in this weird spider cage. This is the other Spider-Man reference. And his one-liner before Kane leaves him is, This isn't over. Yep, said exactly that cadence. Yep. And this is the point in the film where I just said, man, fuck Kahuna. And then they search him, and they drop all of these gadgets and shit in another cliche movie scene, and he says, what can I say, little boys and their toys. Little boys love their toys. (laughs) Fuck you. Kahuna. And, uh, by the way, the bars of the cage are literally wide enough that Kahuna could have stepped out on his own. And Um, also, in the 60s... Kane was totally okay with killing this dude. Why is he leaving him in a cage now? Because he wants the ultimate revenge of him seeing his friends turn to the dark side through Kane vision. Okay, um, you say that, but in the next fucking scene with John Voigt, he's saying this line, Oh, great men have always tried to take over the world. Caesar, Napoleon, Darth Vader. <laughs> Like, you know he was trying to say Hitler, and they were like, you know you can't. One of my favorite quotes from John Voight in the film, by the way, was... Hold on, let me see if I can find the exact wording. It was something just like, I will win, even if it takes forever. Yes, he says that twice. The fuck does that mean, dude? I don't know. Um, so then... He takes out the rattle that, like, there's a point where Kane walks up to him, and I was like, oh, this is where he's going to use the rattle to take out Kane. No, Kane just leans in and is just like, fuck babies, and then he leans away. Now, this is the point where you think, okay, this is when the babies are going to get their superpowers back, and they're going to rescue Kahuna, right? No. No. Kahuna gets out on his own. Kahuna just gets out on his own, but also, the baby touches the rattle in a giant... Like, there are points in this film where I'm like, okay, I understand the adults not noticing the babies doing this. Um, and then there are times where they notice weird things. Like, at one point, the babies steal the keys. And I'm like, yeah. that's a normal thing. Like, a baby takes your keys to play with them or whatever. But they're treating it like, did you just see what happened? That's not real. But you, um, not- you notice that, but you don't notice the giant fucking hologram of Kahuna. That's in the middle of the daycare. Yes, exactly. Did- this is at this point where I'm like, there is no way that these people have not been sued for gross negligence. Uh-huh, so 
at that point, they steal the keys, they get in the mm-hmm. car to go to Kahuna's base, and... Um, oh, I'm, no. I'm fairly sure one of the babies is driving again. He tries to drive, but they get caught by their parents. And the, uh, Kylie, the babysitter, shows up, and she's like, wait, y'all, listen. This is gonna be hard to believe, but I've got a story to tell you. Smash cut back to John Voight's base. Kahuna has already escaped. Kahuna's already gone. And with... This is another one, because there's a bad car chase where this CG-imposed helicopter, uh, stroller, three-wheeler, whatever... Oh, fuck, I forgot about the shitty... His, his tricycle turns into a helicopter. Yep. And they're chasing him. They all they get into one van, and it cuts. And there's about seven dudes in this van. So much so that John Voight even mentions it. He's like, how many people are in this car? We couldn't get in another vehicle? Once again, a point where the movie was like, hey, guys, hit the pause button. We're going to tell some jokes. Um, and... After this car chase, they end up back at Kahuna's base. With 20 minutes left in the movie, the Super Babies finally actually assemble with their parents, with the babysitter, with Zack. And Bounce Boy is my favorite fucking superhero of all time, because his power is literally just, pap, hits you in the head. Um, actually, at this point, I just wrote, Bounce Baby. Holy, and then they all start running in, and yeah. you hear John Voight, like, down the hall, He is here! Is anybody listening to me? Yeah. One of the things I realized, and it's why I think the first 45 minutes is so much better than the last, once, like, the setting up of the premise of this film is so beautiful, because it's just throwing more buck-wild shit on this fire and watching it burn, and then, but once you finally solidify the premise... It's so terribly done. Oh, yes. Um, all these dudes get in, and everyone teams up to fight the minions. This is the big climactic battle scene. <laughs> Banana! Banana! This is every... Now all of the super babies have one-liners. One of my favorites, Archie comes in... No, it's not... Um, it's Finkelton, because he starts flying... Because that's his superpower now. Yep. Um, And he's like, it's time to clean you guys up. And he just drops them in the water. Yeah. Um, I I think it was like something like, you need a drink or something. And in the middle of this fight scene, the most awkward moment is when Bounce Boy is just like, man, I need some water. And he walks over to Kahuna, who, by the way, is doing not a fucking thing during this. He's controlling the disc with like... Somehow he has a remote control ability to make the disc fly wherever he wants. Right. He threw the disc up in the air, and all the minions are trying to catch it. Um, also, Babysitter and Zack just jump down from the rafters, and they're both in spy gear. Like, full leather-clad outfits. Where did that happen? Yeah. Um, but Bounce Boy, like, drinks the water, and I'm like, oh, that's a funny scene. Like, he's tired, and he's, like, the comic relief. Then he just takes the water... And just starts emptying it over his entire, entire body. Face, I I'm like, Ugh. It's like, man, bouncing serious business. Yeah. Um. The, also, one of the minions starts fighting the dad. The dad's like, I'm going to take you out. He gets punched in the face, and he doesn't react to it, other than it's like, ow, that really hurt. I then the mom... Like, he falls against a rock, and he goes, ow, that hurt a lot. Yeah, then the mom comes in to save him, and all I wrote down for that is, nutshot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then we find... And this is the moment that you learn, like, everybody knows Kung Fu at this point. Yes, exactly. All of the heroes... Kylie, the babysitter, who has done not fuck up until this point, is just fighting the uh, lady minion, and is like, where'd you learn these moves? With Zack in the 30 minutes that you had? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, they finally, they get the disc back, and... Kung I've never seen a final fight scene where so little happens. Yes. Uh, they get the disc back, and Kahuna's just like, We did it! I've got the disc! And he's holding the disc, and then the lady just walks over to him, takes it away, and throws it up to Kane. Kahuna is the fucking worst! Also, like, Brain Baby... He doesn't do fuck all in this. Archie, our main baby, he just sits there and he's looking at the disc and he catches it. And it's like, why did you have to catch it? Kahuna was controlling the disc. Mm-hmm. What? And so, um... <sighs> also, I forgot about my favorite one line, which is when Bounce Baby attacks Biscayne after... I think, okay, I think it's right after this. Biscayne puts in the disc and he uses... One of Kahuna's satellites, because this baby has a satellite. Well, how do you think he can talk to Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, and so he uses that to beam his mind control thing, and he's like, this works perfectly, thank you so much. And then they're just like, yeah, well, I got one thing you don't. Friends. But here's the twist. As he's revealing, like, as his evil plan is put into motion, Biscayne comes out and he says, oh, I bet you never thought I would do this to you all those years ago or some shit. And it's like, of course he's his brother. Earlier on, when they um, are talking, like when they're having the flashback sequence, um, the younger version of Kahuna's brother, who is much older than him at this point. You know, he's grown up. Kahuna hasn't. And he is speaking in a very, very obvious German accent. And he says, I have more in common with the Germans than I do with you. And that was a point where I'm like... Oh, this is this is the twist. I didn't know. I was like, why does his brother have a German accent, but he has a perfect American one? Yep. And that's when I'm like, this is where this is going. All right. Thank you. Come again. Now, see, I wanted the big twist to be that Kahuna was evil the whole time. And he's just like, thanks, guys. Now I can control the world. Kahuna, no! No. Um, Biscayne sets his evil project in motion. But they stop him with Bounce Baby. And Kahuna gets up there and he's like, I can't stop it. I can't stop it. And Archie comes in and he's like, but what if we reverse it? Now, wait, wait, hold on. Before you do that, that does include my favorite line of all time, which is, wow, good work, man. Good Biscayne ball bashing. (laughs) Yes, I forgot about that. That That was good. Biscayne ball bashing. Um, They decide to reverse it, right? Okay. So here's what I would think in this film. Reverse it, just meaning beam the mind control back up. If it's no longer playing, it doesn't affect them. No, the film instead says, let's do the opposite. Instead of taking away their free will, let's give them more free will. So now they won't want to watch TV. As if people don't watch TV just because they want to. And this is also the weird thing. It's like, you're not really stopping the mind control you're just changing it you're still mind controlling them yeah exactly 
like Kahuna, you you are the bad guy now. Actually, like yeah. you're you're right. You were right about that. He so they become death. So they give them more free will, causing the kids to start going outside. And there's like a news report later saying that TV ratings have shot down because no babies are watching TV. Right, which is one of the weirdest like shoehorning in of that kind of message. Yeah, this like one hundred percent. Just shoehorned it to the end was, hey, you know TV, the medium that most people are going to watch this film through? Fuck TV. It's garbage. It's just a weird, it's the proto, like, all these kids and their screens, it's ruining them. Ruining them. Ruining them. But them. Um, and this is, of course, uh, where we get the line from Biscayne. Oh, no. Oh, wait, no, yes. no, no, no. This is why oh, he, he says it. Yep. It's, because he's like, <laughs> he finally says, like, I'm going to become a superhero. I'm going to go into the superhero machine and turn yeah. myself into fun. But it's not a superhero machine. It just shows what you really are inside. And it turns him into a little fucking baby that still has John Voight's voice. And then he delivers this line that is only one-upped by Shredder's delivery of babies. They're babies from Ninja Turtles 2. And it's John Voight just going, Oh, no. I hate babies. (laughs) Oh, then his minion comes up and he's like, Don't worry, I will take care of you. Mm -hmm. Don't, if you change my diapers, I will fire you. Yeah. And then Scott Baio has the line that describes this entire film. Wait a minute. None of this makes much sense. I was like, thank you, Scott Bay. Thank you, yes. It doesn't. And because this wrap up is real quick, Kahuna leaves because he has to, apparently, and he just abandons his base. Yeah. He quotes Casablanca, like you said. You can get on this stroller with me, but if you do, it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but you'll regret it. Yeah. And he says, because you know what you have, Billy? And this is. I know his name's Archie, but it should have been Billy for this moment. Yeah. Billy, you've got the most important thing of all, and it shows his parents coming to hug him. You've got two shitty parents that have let you get kidnapped five times at least. And the shittiest thing that I realize is, like, as soon as Archie grows up, as soon as he forgets his baby talk, the baby genius, like, because of the theory of baby geniuses, he will forget all of this ever happened. Right. Um, and so Which I guess cu- is cut to better. The, yeah, it's it's better for him, I guess. So cut to the end, and uh, kids don't watch TV anymore. Zach's mom ain't dead, apparently, and also she's not Russian. She's just because he was captured from a Russian orphanage. So I guess Zach's mom just has been in America this whole time. Maybe she doesn't ever speak. So I don't know if we find out like if she's speaks Russian or not, which is going to be horrible because of the language barrier. She just Zach obviously speaks fluent English. She just has, like, flavor sounds, like those, oh, hmm, Yeah, which actually <laughs> makes me think, she doesn't know English, does she? Wait, she can speak baby, that's what it is. So all oh, the babies shit. are just like, oh my god, she knows. <laughs> yeah, and it shows Kahuna... Like, his exploits are being said on the TV that no one is watching anymore. Yeah. Um, and for some reason I wrote down, Kahuna is 70 fucking years old, dude. Why can't I? 
at that point, the film had broken you down to a point where you're like, no, I just can't, man. Yep. Um, and then he goes to the... <laughs> so then uh, he goes to the front door, Archie does, looks down. Oh, my God. It's Kahuna's rattle. Looks up. Who's that in the sky on his dumbass fucking tricycle helicopter? It's Kahuna. And then he says, I'll be back, not knowing how brutally this movie was going to get reviewed. <laughs> Did you sit through the credits hoping for some weird end credit scene? Yes. <laughs> Holy shit, yes. I was waiting for like a tiny black baby with an eye patch to come in to the four super babies and be like, Are you Archie? Yeah. I'd like to talk to you about the Baby Avengers Initiative. (laughs) This movie, there were two sequels after this movie. Wait, what? You are a fucking liar, Blake Tanner. Uh, hold on. How did this keep going? I don't know, but I do know that the uh, babysitter Kylie, she was in the other ones. Baby Geniuses and the Mystery of the Crown Jewels. Ba- Wait, hold on. Oh, and then Baby Geniuses 3, Baby Squad Investigators. Fuck me. Oh my god! Oh my god, Blake, he comes back! Oh! Oh, oh! oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! What? Blake, I know this was a one-off, but we need to watch this film. Because in Baby Geniuses 3, John Voight returns. But this time, not as Kane... But as Moriarty. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, so Blake, it's time for, uh, I guess we can't say final judgments because that's their shtick. The load of BS judgments. Was this a good movie? Was this a movie you kind of liked? A bad bad movie or a good bad movie? Man, that was real. Do you want to take that one again? (laughs) No, no, no. We have to do them out of order. Otherwise, the YouTube algorithm will just be like, oh, wait, no, no, no. They're clearly just playing an episode of the Flophouse. I'm going to be honest. This is a good, bad movie. I I kind of agree with you. Like, well, no, during the first 45 minutes, I was straight up feeling like, this is a movie I kind of liked. And then as it went on, I was like, you know, this is good, bad. It started really plotting after after they left Kahuna's Fortress of Solitude the first time. That's really when it just... I lost any interest. The fight scene, it had some moments in it where I was just broken mentally. And I really enjoyed it because my psyche was destroyed. Yeah. So I think I would watch this if I was very under the influence of something. Well, no, with me, I had to go. I went out afterwards because I went to go hang out with my buddy Brady. And as I walked in, I was like, hey, dude, we need to just rap about Baby Geniuses 2 for a few right now. Because holy shit. Yep. Uh, So Blake Tanner, where can they find you on the Internet, dude? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can find me in the fucking ground, because that's where I'm going to be after this movie. And you can, you, also... fi- you can find me in the H in the Hollywood side. <laughs> uh, you can find me on that Willy Wonka boat in the Imagination Machine as the beef eater that tells you, Hello, chaps, you want to see what's really inside your heart? And you want to see it? And the whole time, I'm just over there making elephant noises like... 
He's been doing that for years now. Ever since he started smoking pot, he just does that. Mm-hmm. I will. S- there's baby geniuses in the mystery of the crown jewels. I baby geniuses it- in the space baby. Baby geniuses in the treasure of Egypt. How many of these are John Voight in? I don't know. There's not enough on Wikipedia for any of them. Um, the only reason I know is because the Skylar Shay, the person who played Kylie, the babysitter, is in all of them. Uh, Blake? Hmm? It apparently appears that they retired the character here, but after this, he's Moriarty in every fucking Baby Geniuses film. Every single one of them. What? And in something called American Wrestler the Wizard, he plays Principal Skinner, who apparently, the writers of this, had no idea The Simpsons exists. Uh, anyways, you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-E-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Make sure to buy all my books on Amazon, the Quizzle Corp Trilogy, BS vs. the Gods, and of course, find them on Audible, audibletrial.com slash BS Network. Check that out. Check out all of our other shows at a load of your BS dot... Come and of course make sure to support us either on Patreon at patreon.com slash a load of BS or on our merch site, merch.aloadofpurebs.com. You get merch for all of our stuff. Um fucking rate, comment, subscribe, do all that. Tell your friends to listen so we can finally defeat the podcast Illuminati. Um but until next time, Blake. It's been an episode? How do they end the Flophouse? I've never gotten to the end of them. Um, I've been Blake Tanner. And I've been Scotty Moore. Good night, everybody. <laughs> the end. Bye!